This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. How could we not have you back on after last week's ratings hit, gentlemen? But unfortunately, we've, we've not got any Tranmere insight this week to help you out, so you'll need to be on top <laughs> form. Okay, I think we'll start off with uh, with Dundee this week. Sean, Sean, can you bring us up to speed? Are you, are you, I know you had a story in our in our paper on Saturday, I think it was, wasn't it? On the the latest with the, the Dundee and the contracts and... Clause 12, so if you could put a bit of colour on that for us, Sean, that would be much appreciated. Well, uh, to my understanding of the situation on, on Friday, um, it was another, well, if you want colour, I'll give you colour. It was another one of those situations where it was getting to half four. We do joke these days, don't we? But it's, <laughs> it's, it's a half joke about what will be this week's five o'clock Friday story. I mean, there's been a, there's been a, uh-huh. a, a run of them, haven't that's for sure. And, and yeah, that, they certainly have. And Dundee. Aye, so it was, well, it was definitely them. one of those. Yeah. It was definitely one of those. I was sat there and I was thinking, oh, this is, this is all going a wee bit too smoothly. <laughs> um, paper was looking good. Both of the papers were looking good. They were, they were ready to go. And then all of a sudden, here we go. Boom. So, um, aye, uh, it's, it's obviously got to a, a point um, on Friday, which was the given deadline the, the club had given to the players to to respond for the, for the players to ex- yeah. accept or or otherwise exactly. of these uh, these proposed wage cuts. Indeed, so it got to Friday, uh, so they had a few hours left, and then obviously there was a bit of disgruntlement, um, obviously being felt at that point. So it got wind of that and checked it out, and indeed that was that was the case. Um, so the club had sent, uh, I believe it was an email, uh, which I saw, um, mm-hmm. which basically gave the players the, the choice that if they could accept the, the pay cuts or the alternative was that the club may, uh, seek not to pay their wages any further in line with that clause. Uh, so it didn't say if you don't accept, we're definitely going to do that. But this, it certainly but... raised the possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of pay cuts, we're talking about, uh, a sort of bigger chunk over the first three months, aren't we? And yeah. then it, it drops to kind of yeah. even out to roughly about 30% That's over the course right. of the season. That that fair? That's right, yeah. It's about a third uh, over the course of a year, yeah, your year's wages. So initially 50% and then rising to 75 uh, thereafter. And over the over the whole year, it, it adds up to a third less. Um, so, I mean, I've written about this before in, in relation to mm-hmm. Josh Meekings and, and you know, you put yourself in that position, you're absolutely entitled to, to see whether there's anything else out there for you. At the same time, if, if you decide to take that on, then, I mean, that's a credit to you uh, as well. So they've obviously in a position where I believe it's Kane Hemmings is still not mm-hmm. agreed uh, to take the package that's that's on offer from the club. Um, there'll be some Dundee fans who may be angry about that, but to be honest, it's, it's, it's pretty much his prerogative, mm-hmm. whether he accepts it or not. Um, especially if he feels he's, he's he can get something else elsewhere. And Jim, I mean this this clause twelve that that Sean spoke about there. Duddy haven't said they're going to use it, you know. But obviously it was it was as we spoke about in in the background. I mean, what's your opinions on it? Is there's because there's, I mean, my own personal take on it would be that. I th- I can see the f- I can see the fairness and I can totally see it from from the club's point of view that they you know it's their survival at stake you know let's not be too let's not be too mm-hmm. let's not beat about the bush about this you know it's you know these are these are tough tough times um, and then from the other side of it the, the players they 
they have got to see the bigger picture, but they also have their mortgages, all the rest of it. These aren't rich, rich footballers we're talking about. My kind of the, the problem I have with it, the the clause twelve being being mooted is that I think that the fair way would be to say, look, okay, if you don't accept it, you know, you can walk because you know there seems to be a bit of dubiety whether that could happen because if 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 you're if you're a guy who's got two years left on his contract, for example, and you think you could you could you could kind of get somewhere close to the wages you're on at Dundee, is it fair is it fair to stop a man doing that if you know, if you're if you're attempting to slash his wages, well, I mean, th- this is a really interesting uh, issue, and it goes to the right to the heart of of what we might touch on. I don't know. We may mention later on with the situation with Hearts and and and, and Partick Thistle at the moment. Um, who are currently being hauled up before the SFA because of the rules in football that you don't take football cases to court, to to the law of the land, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you think of it, very, very few people uh, are not entitled to take cases. To, in fact, everybody's entitled to take a case to the law of the land. Football, once again, is putting itself in a situation which it did uh, pre-Bosman. And, look, and, and I got it, you know, and football got its backside felt there, let's be honest. Uh, now, I know that the, the players, you know, the players union have, have sought QC. That's a legal thought. term, listeners. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was almost going for stronger language there, you know. I've, talk, I've warned you before not to use your legalese, Jim. You know? That's right, my legalese, you know. Um, no, I mean, you know, I mean, in any other walk of life, um, uh, you know, you sign a contract and there are obligations um, and responsibilities on both sides. And if one party doesn't meet those obligations, and if they're fairly, if it's a fairly serious breach of, of the obligations, then the other party is entitled to what they call resile, to walk away. Now, I, I can think of no greater um, breach of contract than someone saying, by the way, the terms and conditions and the wages which you agreed, which we've been honouring so far, uh, we are not now going to honour. Um, so, in, 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 you know, in normal, pure legal terms, that would very probably give you mm-hmm. um, the right to, to walk, depending if it was for a couple of months or something like that during a crisis as this is. That, that, that might be a different kettle of fish. But, uh, you know, if, if this is going to go on, if, for instance, the club were saying, look, this is going to be for the next year, then, you know, guys have, and these are not, you know, one or two will be well paid. Hemmings is probably the top earner at the club by a fair distance. But these are not players at Dundee Football Club or generally in Scottish football at the top level who are on life-changing sums of money. They're mm-hmm. on life-enhancing sums of money. Right. But, you know, they're not the sort of guys that will, by the age of 35, have their mortgage paid off uh, and have a pension that they can retire on at 40 or something like that. You know, so these are working blokes who are earning good money, but in many cases, give or take the kind of money that, that um, very hard-working professional lawyers or, or accountants might be earning or, 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 or plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. So, I mean... It, would only be fair, I think, to for football to say, well, these are highly unusual circumstances. We're asking you to take this cut. However, we will accept if you feel that your obligations to your family and your other commitments are such that you can't afford to take it and you think you can get a deal elsewhere, then you go with our blessing. That's what football should really be doing. And Sean, I don't think you could correct me if I'm wrong because you've been writing the last couple of pieces about this. The PFA haven't, it's not been... It doesn't. There doesn't seem to be a definitive legal stance on this, does there? Certainly, from the P or PFA point of view, I think they would like to agree with, with, uh, with what Jim says. But it doesn't, by any means, it doesn't seem watertight, does it? Well, I've I've, I've heard that they they are advising their members that um, the clause twelve uh, would not stand up mm-hmm. 
if it were taken to court, which you would expect is again this this entire thing lives or lives or dies by this clause yeah, in yeah. the standard player contract. Um, I mean, if it, if if it was tested in court and it was it was found to be legal, um, I really, I really I don't mean, think it will put, be. Put do you? Could you imagine well, a club well, like well, Dundee suddenly argument. suddenly going to court? You know, having the time and money to do that, it just it's, it's unlikely yes, to but happen. Exactly. But yeah. But I think I, so, would I mean, agree the, with you. The, the PFA, the PFA in Scotland have certainly been saying to their members who have found themselves in in this position that um, they, they they should not. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't react yeah, yeah. as it were, um, as if that this clause is is, is going to stand. Um, they're, they're definitely giving their backing privately to yeah. members who have found themselves so, in this position. Certainly. Jim, would you would your gut instinct be if if Kane Hemmings felt? either in principle or just, you know, for his own financial reasons, football reasons, whatever it was, that if he says, no, I'm not accepting it, we've not managed to negotiate something I accept, I want to walk, do you think Dundee would just let him walk in, in those circumstances? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think in that situation, the, the only moral thing to do would be for Dundee to say, okay, you know, we'll cancel the contract, you're now a free agent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I, I, you know, Sean's right there. I mean, the only way you will test this is actually to take it to court. It would require this to be a test case. Um, and, and, and no one in football is particularly keen to do that. I remember the whole Bosman thing took a long, long time to, to wind its way through the courts. I mean, in a situation like this, I mean, you know, most, most Scottish professional football players could afford to do it. And the other thing is, you know, the, the, the players' union in Scotland is not nearly as strong or as rich as, as no. the one south of the border, uh, and it probably can't afford to embark. I mean, we know we've heard some of the potential costs facing Dundee United, Wraith Rovers and, and, and Cove um, and, and going to arbitration. Now, those wouldn't have been much different from the costs they faced had this court session case, um, you know, been decided to, uh, you know, to, to, to play out uh, as opposed to going to arbitration. I mean, legal action, by the time you start to go down the road of test cases and hauling in QCs at 400 and 500 quid an hour, sometimes with junior QCs along with them, it's not long before it becomes a really, really hugely expensive business. And the average football player and certainly the players' union in Scotland can't afford to do that. So it would, to me, be the, the, the morally upstanding thing to do for Dundee to say, in that case, we can't agree. Fair enough. You go with our best wishes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we need to say that, you know, Dundee are by no means out on their own in, in this sort of, you know, this sort of process they're, they're going through and just the general picture of... Uh, of cuts and and you know troubled times and we will hope and think that they'll they'll get through it and they'll they'll be they'll be you know we'll get to October that there'll be a team on the pitch and we'll we'll go again. But what if you're looking if you're talking in football terms, what impact will this have on a on a squad morale wise? I'm thinking you know when when these guys get back together, whenever it is end of August, I don't know what, when James McPake's hoping to to get pre season training up again. You know Jimmy Nichols gone. The, the sports scientists, you know, Josh Meekings, who knows, possibly Kane Hemmings. Then you've got some of the other, well, all of them that will be on reduced terms. Sean, what what sort of, put yourself into that dressing room when it all gets going again? Depends how it's managed, I think, because I, I, I tend to think that situations like that, they, they could go either way. Um, and I think it's largely dependent on on who the big characters are in the group, who the, who the big, who's the leader in the group and the manager as well, I'll throw into that because it, I think if you can if you can channel any sort of feelings that players might have, 
um, particularly particularly negative ones. If you can channel yeah. them in the right way, then you, you e- can. even against their own bosses, yeah, right, possibly. <laughs> then you can build yeah. you can build something, and you can build this siege mentality that uh, everybody likes to talk about in football. Um, but I mean, there are there are examples of it being being a useful thing for football teams, and indeed for Dundee, just going back to mm-hmm. the defiant team and what have you. So uh, if there is if there is a sense of injustice swelling around that squad at the moment if if it can be harnessed and channeled correctly then it's not not necessarily a bad thing Jeremy certainly he certainly uh, I mean James McPick he's 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 learning every part of the job isn't he and he's, yeah I he's mean he's been there about a year absolutely I mean he's, he's learning on his feet there's no doubt about, about that you know th- that's an interesting point that you put to Sean there and and his response because I mean you know very often in the Halcyon days at United I mean you know let's not beat about the bush here there were great many United United players yeah. in the great years actually had no time for Jim McLean yeah. they, they, they just didn't they just didn't you know I mean it's quite interesting when you go to some of the Q&A nights you know with certain guys I'm not going to name them here but certain guys who find it really quite hard to, you know, to be openly yeah. uh, as praiseworthy as they think, and very often, and in those great days, they were playing for each other. They were almost playing to, you know, to, to, you know, as opposed to playing for Jim, they're playing for themselves mm-hmm. to say, oh, "Look, you know, here, here's what we can do." So it might well be that they can, the Dundee players taking these wage cuts and all the rest. And remember, they're not on their own. I mean, I had, I had several interesting Twitter conversations on Friday night, Eric, because you know, Sean used the word disgruntled. I was disgruntled as well. I had to rewrite my column later on. You know, um, <laughs> when, when, when the story you don't get broke, paid I mean, double, by the way, Jeff. You only get no, paid I know, for the sadly, one. You know, <laughs> I couldn't not address it. You know. Yeah. Um, and one or two, I had a, had a very intriguing conversation during the course of the night with a, with a lawyer who I know who's a, a big Dundee fan. And and I think, you know, I was trying to say, look, I'm no picking on Dundee. I've got 520 words to play with here. I'm only using half the comp to address it. It's come late. They, they are, in, they, you know, one or two people say it's not crisis, that's tabloid headings. Well, it is a crisis. If you if you can't, pay, and we know, it's a, we know why it's a crisis. We know it's a crisis because of COVID. We know it's a crisis at which other clubs have and potentially will face and all the rest of it. But, you know, but I'm about Dundee because well, exactly they're the team they're the team yeah, we, it's that, out. yeah that, exactly that, that's right I mean the, 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 that's that's where our market is I'm not writing about Hibs or Hearts for the moment there, there'll come a time where on a national basis you want to address that mm-hmm. in a column but you're writing about Dundee so it, it, it is a crisis and quite interestingly when you know I had a, a couple of beers on, on Saturday just along the road from me I got on the crack with some a big squad of young lads who were sitting at a table and it was a good mix you know young Arabs young <laughs> D's and, and, and the young the young D's were all I mean you know if, if you thought my stuff was gloomy goodness me you want to hear them you know they, they think the club's done the pan no i don't i mean I, I think they are probably making wise um you know you know wise assumptions that the future is unclear and and that they have to kind of in build some some degree of protection with with cuts and all the rest of it, but there is no doubt it's a crisis, you know. And because you know that that's not this, we're not singling Dundee out here. They at the moment are facing this crisis. Other clubs may yet mm-hmm. face this crisis, and some already have and have addressed it in different ways. Hibs, for instance, were you know basically shutting down their youth system and all the rest of it, you know. So. For the moment, it is a crisis. It depends, you know. Once we get going again, it depends how the, how the club manages to channel that that energy in a positive fashion, as opposed to a negative fashion. Because if you know, if guys feel disgruntled at their workplace, if they feel they've been taken a loan of and all the rest of it, they will not perform on the pitch. Well, the, the terrible terrible timing last last week. The uh, Kevin Kevin Nisbet to to Hibs story came out after our podcast. I, I seem to recall. It was awful, very, very poor of them. But 
It's uh, what did you? There was a few a few strands to that one, Sean. I mean, you can. It's I think it didn't it didn't actually reflect too badly on uh, on Dundee United, and in, in so much as it showed that you know Tony Ashgar was back in his manager's judgment when he was going in for him, you know, January and again in the summer. Manager leaves, and uh, Robbie Nielsen had a had an interest in in mm. Kevin Nisbet again, but Dundee United didn't. That's kind of how football works, isn't it? They've got a new manager in now. He he probably saying, well, I could maybe I could spend the money differently, and in his opinion, better. You know, have have different targets. Mickey Mellon, we're talking about, obviously. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, I mean, it's it, it it does say something about about the relationship you would think between Tony Asker and Robbie Nielsen because as, as you say quite clearly um, Tony uh, and the club were willing to back Robbie um, and I, again it's it's clear that Robbie's the desire for the player was, was at least partly Robbie's because Robbie's made an effort to go and nab him off Hibs at the last minute as well mm-hmm. Um so I, I mean, it's it's entirely possible Mickey Mellon's come in and just gone, nah, forget about that. You know, he might he might think that if he's got this money available, he might have targets in mind himself that he he would he would much rather spend it on. Yeah. Um. So in that respect, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you go far to say credit to Tony Asker, but uh, it's it's sensible certainly of him not to continue with a, a pursuit of a player that. that his, ma- his manager doesn't want because yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's going to give yeah, you a would, problem that, immediately, isn't it? <laughs> it wouldn't. That wouldn't be a good start. Yeah. Do, well, just a few minutes, Jim. After say we're not going to speak about Hearts and Hibs, I'm going to get. I'm going to. We're going to speak about Hearts and Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what is there a gent? Have, have we moved so far through this this coronavirus crisis? Pan, you know, shutdown. Have have our morals shifted so far that uh, two clubs? Who have been making cuts, you know, deferrals, blah blah blah, are now throwing about money on on signings. You know, has have is is are all morals out of the window? Eric, let's let's be honest. F- football was always a moral free zone. <laughs> You know, f- football's moral compass swayed in the wind and always did. I mean, I, I, I found it was very sad last week, as we all were, I suspect, to see, you know, to hear about the death of Big Jack Charlton. Oh. I, and it reminded me, I went away and looked for an old photograph I had. My Uncle George Fagan left Dundee St. Joseph's, the juniors, in the, the early 50s to go to Leeds United. He's signed for Leeds. And I knew there an old photo somewhere of, of George. And there he was in the, in the back row of the Leeds reserves and, and two next to him is Big Jack Charlton, you know, when they're making their way through. Uh-huh. Jack had a more successful <laughs> career than George. He had, ended up going to Halifax, fortunately. And he married Marty Maury, who came from a wealthy family, so he did okay. Oh, there you but, go. Eh? <laughs> but the key, the key, the key thing to, to all of this was, uh, you know, George used to talk about, you know, uh, uh, in the summer months, you were on your 12 or 14 quid and, and the winter, you know, on a 20 quid along with the, that was the top, that was the top wage. But he said to me one day, he says, but the truth of the matter was, the top players always got extra money in their boots. You know, so the twenty quid, the twenty quid was the maximum wage, but the top players, the John Charles at Leeds and all the rest, of it, always found the next of forty or fifty quid in their boots. You know that that's a, that's the simple truth of the matter. I mean, you know, things like the the maximum wage were regularly broken. You know, with cash in hand and all the rest of it. So, you know, what 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 uh, happened last week uh, with Hibs uh, was was just you know. Um, on the face of it, morally, morally unjustifiable. When you you've slashed everything else, youth youth system kind of 
you know, into cold storage and all the rest of it. Guys, guys taking wage reductions and wage um, wage freezes and all the rest of it, and then suddenly you find quarter of a million quid. However, it's going to be paid. It may be paid in five, six lumps, some, who knows? Um, but, you know, to, to, to go and sign a new player. But that's the way football operates. And we don't know how... The players in the dressing room are in an impossible situation. On one hand, they might be thinking, well, if he comes in and scores goals, then we're all on, on win mm-hmm. bonuses. We, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're playing in a team where we might get an extra contract. Our, our futures are secured, you know? Um, and on the other hand, what can they do about it? You know, they're in a, a very, very difficult position. But it, it, it did seem, it, it was pretty unseemly, I have to say, to see Hibbs doing what they did. And then, of course, I think it was a daily record that ran a story last week. I don't know the, how true or not it was about possible redundancies. Now, I saw Tam McCourt. Now, people like me have been kicking mm-hmm. about the game for, you know, I've, you get to know everyone, all the kit men. The fishes, ah, you, you see them in the, in the tunnels and the pits. Ah, yeah, yeah, you're, you... you're chewing the fat. I mean, I, I worked regularly at Easter Road in Tynecastle as, as a trackside reporter and uh, very often you'd be chewing the fat with guys like Tam and you know now I don't know if there's any truth in the fact that they're talking about redundancies for people like him I mean, you know it's a position that becomes redundant remember so I mean you still need somebody to put kit out but you just look you think well if, if that was true and I, I don't know if that was true uh, but if that was true in the meantime you're splashing out quarter of a million a player then you just think the, the moral balance of the game has, you know, has has shifted. Well, I'm saying it was always a kind of bit of a moral free zone. I do suspect we've gone into kind of real negative territory here. Back to back to Tanneray, Sean and Mickey Mellon's done a couple of a couple of press conferences now, and he the the message seemed to be coming out from the the last one that you know he's certainly not rushing into signings. He he, he quite often stresses the I think there was there's one quote that, that jumped to me. I'm quite happy sitting here with the champions. He's de- he's definitely playing up the fact that you know this should be a team going up a league full of confidence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we can we can assume that uh, he'll be looking in the English lower leagues for the for the players that he's going to be bringing up. But he also he also outlined. You know, there's there's pluses and minuses there. Obviously, he you know there's there's good quality players. There's uh, he knows the he knows that market. There's probably bargains to be had. You know, whether you think about the the drop off in money in England with all this uncertainty compared to Scotland, which we've spoken about on here before, and Tony Asker's spoken about that on here before as well. But the 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 negative is, as he put himself, that you know, getting these guys up to speed is no easy. It's no easy matter because, okay, you know, the English Premier League and the English uh, Championship have resumed and the teams in the playoffs to get into the English Championship, but there's a lot of clubs that haven't and there'll be a lot of boys that haven't played any football for, for a good while now. So if you're bringing, if you're bringing somebody up from, from that level, don't expect to see them in your first team anytime soon. No. I think you probably hedge your bets if you're Mickey Mellon, just as you were if, if you were any other Scottish Premiership manager that uh, pretty much everyone alongside you apart from probably Celtic, maybe Rangers will be in the same boat uh, and they'll be shopping in the same market you would have thought if they're looking for English players um, and under those circumstances they'll they'll all be taking on boys who are you know, <laughs> fat <laughs> as it were in a footballer sense of course I don't mean in a, in a journalist sense because you know we've all, we've all seen how bad that can get um, but uh, no I mean he'll, he'll, be, he'll be waiting 
and again, the, the transfer window has only just opened yesterday in Scotland as well. So, I mean, we've got, we've got I know we've got two weeks to go till till the Premiership kicks off, but it's uh, everyone will be just sitting waiting at this point because again, money's tight. It's another two weeks you don't have to pay someone their wages. I know it kind of. I, I don't know why. Maybe we should have seen this coming, but. You know the the season all of a sudden feels very close, Jim, and it, it yeah, does. Yeah. It, I don't know. I think it was just Mick, Mickey's press conference there, or you know, it was, I wasn't in on the press conference, so I wasn't asking questions, but just reading it, it did kind of bring home to the bring home the fact that the Dungeon United, the team that plays in this first game of the season against St Johnson, it's going to be pretty similar to the to the to the guys that finished the last season, whenever that was, isn't it? You know, this is not a team that's going to be, you know, have you know, three or four new boys in it, is it? No, I mean, it's going to be radically different. I mean, we talked about that before. What, you know, what, what, I mean, I think some people felt United would need four, five, maybe six, you know, additions to the squad going up to a Premier League where everything's faster. You know, marginally, you know, the touch, the movement, the speed of thought, um, everything is just that fraction faster. And and St. Johnston um, are, are, you know, on the face of a cut above United because they are playing at a higher level week in, week out. Now, Mickey Mellon will have already had a look at the guys in training and decided what the strengths and the weaknesses are and all the rest of it. But you never really find that out until you are testing yourself against better opposition. Whether you're a runner, a tennis player, a football player, you only test yourself um, and find out your weaknesses and your strengths by playing against opposition, which is on the face of it uh, better. So, you know, I, I would imagine that, you know, already you have a fair idea uh, of, of what he's looking at, the squad he's got and, and you know, where he wants to strengthen. Uh, but it might become apparent quite quickly into the season that he thinks, well, you know, I don't need to strengthen as much as I thought. Or I need to strengthen more than I thought. Only time, time will tell him in this situation. Training ground can tell you a lot, but it can't, it can't give you the full picture. That only comes when you're in the heat of battle against opposition, uh, which you know. And let's be honest, the top six uh, uh, and probably the top seven in the Premiership will be on the face of it better than United because United are coming from a lower league and spent a fair bit of time down there. So he'll he'll know quite quickly. He'll know at this stage. Um, roughly speaking, looking at guys in training and all the rest of it, um, who, who he fancies, who he doesn't fancy, uh, but he will move very quickly into the first few competitive games, um, just who can do what. Callum Butcher to to heart, Sean. That doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a go to me with the length of contract he's on, his age, all the rest. But you can see that well, we know for a fact that Robbie loves him as a player, and he's he's he was one of the best players in that league, certainly one of the best players in Dun United's team last season. You could so you mm-hmm. could see if. If everything was equal, uh, you know he would be, he would he would love that type of player in his team. But like I say, the length of contract, the uh, the hearts done United factor, all that that's not a, that's not a goer, is it? Or is it's it? It's very well. It would be a very unattractive one for for Dundee United on a whole lot of levels. Oh, oh, Jesus, absolutely. It doesn't even thinking about. It's uh, the backlash that would follow that. Um, no, no, I, it doesn't seem realistic to me. Um, in terms of the money Hearts would have to spend to get them. I mean, again, well, maybe maybe United, maybe Mickey Mellon will look at this, look at his team, and think, well, I could take that money and I could do something with it. I've got I've got somebody in mind for that. So you never know. Stranger things have happened, but purely from a from a PR perspective, it, it, it seems like a 
Seems like a minging idea. <laughs> I mean, United, Jim, I think, I think yeah, great, relations between Hearts and Dundee United now, they've got to the stage where, you know, okay, Nielsen's gone and McCulloch's gone. We expect Forrest to go as well. Mm. You, sometimes you just, you just, you, you have to stop, you know, United can, for as Sean says, from a PR point of view, you know, their fans aren't going to accept players going to, to, Tynecastle as well, are they? Oh. Unless it really, really suited, unless it really, well, really suited United. Maybe there's just a wee bit of naughtiness here, Eric. You know, <laughs> I mean, mm. I mean, he's he's under contract until 2023, isn't he, Callum Butcher? Yeah, uh, he's only 29. I mean, I like Butcher. I, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, it's one of the great hypocrisies in football. First time round, United fans on the guy's case every week. Second time round, yeah, that's true. You know? yeah. They were on his case all the time, you know. Um, uh, now, you know, now they can't get enough of him, firm, you know, firmly in, in the plans and all the rest. Of it. But, but Mickey Mellon's the manager now. Between him and Tony Asgard, sporting director, they'll make their mind up if Hearts were to come in w- w- with a bid, you know, um, as to whether um, he was, you know, A, the bid was decent. B, whether Hearts actually mean it, or <laughs> trying to unsettle United um, for, for whatever reason. But, you know, you know, if they come in with a bid, you've got you've got to figure out just how important is he, and can I can I actually bring something up from the lower leagues in England who will do as good a job or a better job on on lesser wages or similar wages, mm-hmm. and give myself a bit of money to play with as well. I, I, you ju- you just don't know at the moment. I mean, I, I wouldn't speculate one way or t'other uh, as to whether it's a go or if he's, he's saying he's denying any knowledge of Hearts' uh, interest. But um, listen, we all know we've all spent a, a long, long time in this game speaking to managers and chairmen and all the rest of it, who tell us one thing one day and do exactly the opposite the next. I firmly recall a text from Australia telling me that Gary Mackay, Stephen... I wonder who this uh, was from, eh? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> another United player whose name escapes me. You know, you know, you know that, uh, that Armstrong and, and GMS were going nowhere. Two hours later, they pitch up at Parkhead and become Celtic players. So I, I take, you know, increasingly as I get older in football, I take what people in football say with a pinch of salt. Just a pinch. I, 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 I can imagine, I can imagine <laughs> your reaction to that one, Jim, you wouldn't have. Eh? <laughs> dear, oh dear. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, indeed. Eh? Well, we, we don't know, we don't know, as we're recording this, about... Uh, Benjamin Segrist scan results on his on his knee, but Sean, that would be a big blow, wouldn't it? If if he was out the uh, the start of the season, wouldn't it? Aye, it's it's not how you want to start your campaign off. We are we are number one out injured. Um, but I mean, he was got, very good for Dundee United last year, wasn't he? he? He was. There was lots of clean sheets there, weren't there? I think what was it, twelve or something like that? Is that right? Oh, he nearly broke a record at one point, didn't he? Or he was getting close yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and ably ably assisted by the guys in front of him in the back four and throughout the team as well. Um, but aye, it's certainly, it's, as I say, it's not how they would have wanted to start the season without Benjamin Seagrass. So uh, they'll, they'll have to rely on either Denise Mehmet or, or their new signing from... Sunderland. Oh, help me out. Sunderland. Thank you. Yes. I, I confuse Southampton <laughs> and Sunderland all the time. It's the red and white. They're so close to each other as well, aren't they? Yeah. I know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The accent's so similar to... Yes, indeed. Um so I they'll, they'll have to rely on on one of those two. Um, I got, I, my my abiding memory of Dennis Mehmet was was when he, uh, well he, he claimed he, he didn't injure himself celebrating. Oh, yes. it, was, it was something else. But that's that's still the one that stands out for me. That was uh, that was quite a sight, I have to say. <laughs> it was indeed. Well, another another familiar name to Dundee United fans, Craig Conway, is uh, is on on trial with with St. Johnston. <laughs> Jim, would he, 
A, would he be, I mean, we've not, near, none of us have, have seen Craig Conway play, but last time he, he was never, it wasn't, he wasn't all about pace, was he? He was about, he was, he had a, he had a great way of beating a man and even better delivery was my, are my memories of Craig Conway in a Dundee United, in a Dundee United shirt. Um, if, if his fitness is, is fine and all the rest of it, is that, is he a good, a good man for St. Johnson's squad? Oh, I mean, on the face, I mean, he's 35 <coughs> now, uh, Craig. Um, he, he had a, and he did, he did actually have a, a fair bit of pace about him. He was, he was a quick player. He delivered, uh, you know, he delivered, I think, um, a, a good cross and he, and he, he could take a goal uh, as well. I was a fan. I, I two feet, Conway. wasn't he, Jim? Two feet, two feet. I mean, I, I, I like Conway. I, I'm, I'm a Conway fan. And I'm also, uh, you know, you, you probably know me well enough now, Eric, to know that I'm not a big believer in writing players off just because they happen to be into their kind of, Early thirties or mid thirties, as, as Conway is, you know, I, I accept that. Uh, you know, the further forward you play, it probably gets kind of a wee bit tougher. Although Kenny Mother did exceptionally well into his late thirties, was it thirty nine, forty? By the mm-hmm. time Kenny decided to 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 hang the boots up, so if if Craig Conway has. Um, Let's say about seventy or eighty percent of what he had when he when he left Scottish football and he's been at Salford. Then he's still, you know, he's got a terrific pedigree. Blackburn um, and Cardiff. I mean, a lot. You know, I think over one hundred thirty mm-hmm. appearances for United. You know, Scotland. Um, he, he, uh, Scotland. I mean, I think was it was it seven seven appearances. Yeah, seven. Uh, in, the, in, in the dark blue, you know. Um, so I mean, Conway. I think in terms of being a squad player, I think potentially. If, if, if he still has, uh, you know, a fair modicum of, of what he had uh, when he left uh, these shores, then I think that would be a very decent signing indeed. And Sean, would you, I mean, would you have thought he might have even been in St United as well, given his connections and, and I think they're looking for a wide, I think they're looking for a wide player as well. Most United fans would tell you they would they would, should be looking for a wide player. Uh, yes, that would, it would seem logical to me, but again, it really much, it, really, it very much depends on, on Dundee United's plans with regards to transfer and indeed whether they're sticking to their um the idea of, of bringing players in that they can they can wring some value out of down the line although there have been exceptions to that obviously mm-hmm. um notable exceptions so perhaps he would fit the bill of being a notable exception um in terms of conway i, I used to love watching him when he was at united i thought he was a great wee player um and in terms of his age 35 i certainly for a for a white you don't see too many kind of wide players who are 35 36 mm-hmm. still beating men and whipping crosses in and what have you but an- another side to conway's game i remember i've never seen a player win as many free kicks as him and in, <laughs> in, in crossable positions i'm not well, suggesting with, he with him and chris kane in one team oh i know imagine something that, wouldn't it brilliant <laughs> but uh yeah he was certainly cute um, and in terms of his age, but I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about Callum Davidson here because when did, he came back to St. Johnson mid thirties as well, didn't he? Yeah. And he Got gave us a, a decent season and a or so out of a him. Bit, yeah, um, I think. So I mean, it's not it's not out with the realms of possibility that Conway could come in and, and do a job for St. Johnston. So um, it's an interesting one, uh, but I mean, worry to sign, I, I, I'd be I'd be reasonably interested to see how he got on. He'd be intrigued. Happy yeah, enough with exactly. that. Yeah, you and. Jim Saints are in the in a in the great position compared to others in that in that division that they brought another couple of boys up from uh, you know on loan from young lads from from Millwall who obviously Callum Davison should should know a lot about will know a lot about they're in the great position where they're kind of they can just I'm not I'm not calling them squad fillers 
but they don't need to bring guys in and, and force them straight into their team. So it's, you know, that's it's a, it's a much easier way to do it, isn't it, Jim? No, that, that's right. And, and I mean, it's, it's quite interesting because you know that Tommy Tommy Wright kind of brought the, the average age of that Saints squad down by, I think it was about five years, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Something like that. Um, I think Conway so, would put it up you know, by five, Jim. <laughs> well, exactly. Conway would put it up. But in doing that, he would also bring a fair bit of experience. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, here's an interesting thing with Conway. Uh, one player that I was a huge fan of was Willie Johnson, Bud Johnson, uh, both, you know, when he was... Hearts and Rangers. And I remember being one night at Tannadice watching Bud Johnson, I think when he was, um, I think it was towards the end of his Hearts career, um, 84, 85-ish, something like that, you know. I, I was 38 and he was playing for the reserves and he knocked the ball past the fullback and, and just left him gasping. Now, at that age, he still, and he played the full night that night, he still had phenomenal pace and phenomenal crossing ability. So 35, you know, Conway's just a boy, but he brings a lot of experience, handy in the squad, solid, good professional, great attributes, great training uh, mentality, great mentality generally, you know. I I, I mean, only a plus for me if, if he's fit and, and has a modicum of, as I say, what he had. And, and tied in with the squad that Saints have and then any, you know, any contacts that, you know, Callum has south of the border, which will be enormous, I'd have thought, then you would have to think that St. Johnston, the, the prospects for Saints look really, really bright this season. And just to, to continue the Saints theme and, and into Angus, Stephen Anderson going to Forfa, that looks like a, a, a good coup a good coup for them. Sean, I, I mean I think Jim Jim Weir, you know, Jim Weir was his mentor early days. I mean he'd be, he'll be gutted that he's eventually the Forfa have eventually got him because I know that Jim was trying to get him for a, a couple of years, but you know, he's exactly the type of signing you'd want at, at Station Park, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the experience. He can uh he can talk a younger centre half, a younger defence, younger midfielders through the game, um, and, and he will do a lot of that. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, well, talking's maybe not the right word for it. It's, uh, moaning is that the word you're looking for? Yeah, I think that's the one I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, but uh, aye, I mean, I mean, you would think at, at, at League One level, he'll he'll slot right in and he'll he'll do a decent job for them. I think he'll he'll. Would he stroll that? I think he'll stroll that. Yeah, and Jim. As long as he's got someone to do his running for him. Ah, well, that's that. Yes, uh, <laughs> I enjoy your pre-season if you're the centre half <laughs> next time. Yeah, hey, Jim. Just before we we finish things now, I think this is. I think this might become a recurring theme over the next few weeks. I'm quite, I'm impressed with the uh, the transfer business Dunfermline are doing. Oh, are you? Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that Stevie Crawford is doing some very, very good work there. Um, who, who's we've got? It? Well, we've got Watson. Yeah, we've got what? We yeah. started off with Paul Watson. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Stephen Whitaker, who I think mm-hmm. some Hibs fans thought could st- they could have quite yeah. gladly got another year out of. Kevin O'Hara. Um, who was the other ex? Declan McManus Mc, and there's yeah, one and, uh, well. the so, and Dom Dom Thomas, who I who mm-hmm. I really liked when I saw him play for Queen of the South on loan. So. All of us. I mean, obviously, the the big caveat is that you know they've lost their uh, they've lost the guy they got all the goals from last mm-hmm. season. So you can never downplay that. But you know, bit by bit, that's starting to look like a, a a team taking shape there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I, I saw not a fair bit, but I saw them a good few times last season. Dunfermline, and, and and there there were times when I saw them when when they you know they didn't do well in games results wise, but they actually played some sparkling football. You know, they played some really good stuff. Um, and I think you know this. This looks as though they've solidified in all areas of the pitch. It is a, you've got to say it is a worry that you've lost Nisbet because you know he was the 
he was the along with um, uh, Shankland. He was, you know, the top man, top front that's man. Guaranteed in, goals, in, in, in isn't the it? Championship guaranteed goals. That's right. That's the reason the Hibs have bought him, and United were interested, obviously. Uh, but I have to say, it does look. And what is going to be, you know, unless something dramatic happens, Hearts are going to be in that championship along with Dundee. And all of a sudden, looking at Dunfermline, you're thinking, you know, they really could be putting in a very, very powerful showing, particularly over 27 games. That's mm-hmm. the thing this season. It's over, you know, it's over three quarters of the uh, what it was last season. So they do, I have to say, I've been kind of keeping an eye on that one, Eric, and thinking, well, that's a good signing, that's mm-hmm. a good signing, that's a good signing. And all of a sudden you're thinking, Stevie Crawford is putting together a very impressive squad there. Well, thank you, Jim, and thank you, Sean. And by, we'll be back next week. Actually, I won't be because I'll be on holiday, but the, the podcast Again. will be back next week. <laughs> the, podcast will be, the podcast will be back next week. And we'll be very, yeah, very be on, close I'll to be this. On holi- I'll be on holiday as well. Who's going to present oh, who's this? Who's doing thing? this? Jim, Jim you, you could do one of these you're by yourself, can't you? No, but a solo, no. be a monologue. <laughs> oh, come on. We want to keep our listeners' figures going up. No, steady. But anyway, we're getting very close to the start of a new football season. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.